What's up? It's Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood podcast presented by Coors Light. Stay inside and buy your Coors Light online. Find out how at get.coorslight.com. Coors Light, take time to chill. The summer of football. All you can ask for is another opportunity to play this game. It burns in me. On ESPN 1000. We don't know how many we got. I don't know how many I got. Make it count, boys. Mahomes flushed out again. Turning the corner. Fires downfield. Caught. Touchdown. Only Mahomes. You throw the score. You run to win. Here's Saquon Buckley. And he's off to the races. The 30. The 20. Saquon for six. The summer of football inning. Here's a quick throw to Miller. Good throw. Touchdown. Fake to Armstrong. Run. Book five. Buckley to the end zone. Touchdown. Burrow's got time. Launching for the end zone. Jump Touchdown. Terrence Marshall. The summer of football with Jonathan Hood. Yeah. That's my dog. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. This is the Summer of Football. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the brand new ESPN Chicago app. So glad you're with us. Uh, every night we give you something football. We give you something fantasy. give you something gambling. give you something college, NFL. Tonight, our special guest, front of the program, Doc Walker from the Team 980 in D.C., joins us as we talk about the Redskins right here on ESPN 1000. Doc, as always, I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the show. Hood, you family, man. All you got to do is reach out, man, and, and I'm there. I mean, uh, my boy, uh, Dave Ross, who's also in the Windy City, killing it mm-hmm. on the tube. Because he's one of those kind of guys who thinks he's good looking. So he, he got a face for radio, but he's on TV. So, But I love him. So I always had to go after him, give him a little love. And, of course, the big fella. How big is he right now, man? I mean, seriously, if I was to ask about our, our cover, I mean, is he under 350? <laughs> I'm not talking about Dan Jenkins with you again. Would you leave him oh, alone? Knows, Would you? No, everybody knows. Everybody in Chicago knows. If I say the big fella, they know who we're talking about. I just need to know is he under three fifty. I don't know. He is. I just, would you leave him alone? Hey, love, man. It's love. He's, he's a big listener of the program. Please leave, leave Jake alone. I hope he is. I know he is. I know he is. I just, look, man, I'm worried about him. He's getting a little up in age right now. Carrying all that weight. I want to make sure you know, not put too much pressure on his heart. Oh, my God. Well, I'd say that Redskins Bears rivalry, it always will be. It'll always be. Oh, it's special. It's special. Oh, jeez. I mean, we got them there. They got us here. It's not a rivalry if we don't split, if teams don't win. Right. I love all these fake rivalries in the country. I done beat you behind six straight times. There ain't no rivalry. That's a tail kicking. But the Bears and the Redskins have gone back and forth, and I have to beat you as soldier, and you have to beat us at RFK. And they've done it, and we did it. You know, and that's no easy task. It is a rough place to play. 
Doc Walker with me, Jonathan Hood on Summer Football with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Doc, uh, it is um, a big story around the NFL regarding the name Redskins. I just want to, this is something that you and I have never talked about before because I, I've yeah. been reading about the Redskin name uh, for a long time. I've seen the stories, but never really brought, you know, brought it up as a topic of conversation. But do, do you remember the first time that you heard that there might be some groups that want to change the name of a team that you played for? Oh yeah, I, it, it, it maybe 15 years ago. Um, I was on a flight going to the West Coast, and I was with a gentleman who I believe he was a senator, probably or congressman. He was Native American, and I just went and asked him. I said, <clears throat> "I said, you know, sir, we've been called, you know, Negro, colored, black, um, a number of nicknames, ninja, coon. I mean, so many different things." Mm-hmm. And if there was a team nickname that, I would take offense to it. I said, is it offensive? He said, yes, it is. So I said, I have no problem, you know, changing my game because I referred to him as a skin for over a decade. And the Burgundy and Gold, which I prefer, wish that was a name. And um, and then when Bobby Beathard, Dan Snyder, hooked up some of the uh, his people he's close to and he sent them all over to reservations, and Bobby came back and told me there were three reservations he visited, and the mascot of the school was Redskin, and it blew my mind. I said, what? So I said, oh, they just like black people. They're confused. Mm-hmm. And they're confused because they've been like us, called so many different things. And I said, okay, I'm done with it. And then Bobby said, well, no, there, there's three I went to. And I said, show me the logos. I said, some people take great pride in it. As Native Americans, they've told I've met people that have said it's a sense of pride. I thought the Cleveland <clears throat> Indians logo was offensive my whole life. Every time I saw it, I thought that's like going blackface. Yep. To me, you know, I got this Indian object grinning. Like I said, that's ridiculous. First of all, why would anybody be that happy to have had all their land and properties stripped from them? Mm-hmm. Who gonna be smiling? That's like us smiling. And what do they do? They depict back in the day, black people cheesing, smiling, you know, and I always thought that that was offensive. And so um, once Bobby told me that, I said, okay. And I went, you know, went normal with it. And since then, um, once this came up again, we had, uh, we had um, Mayor Bowser on the show two weeks ago on Dr. Galdi, Team 980 in D.C., and she said we're talking about the stadium possibility of being relocated on federal ground. She said that probably would not happen, and the name would definitely be an issue. That sparked more attention. It went national, and people started talking about it. And then when you throw in the climate of our environment now, bingo, that was enough. And I think it was the straw that broke the, broke the camel's back. And uh, next thing you know, and the owner, Dan Snyder, said never. And then before you know it, uh, Ron Rivera comes out, former Bear, a champion, a badass. I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, also Pac-12. That's why, you know, he's a Pac-12 guy, so we already know high IQ. And he said they've been talking about changing the name for the past two weeks. For the past two weeks. So I said at that point, I go, well, this thing is done. And then two of his partners in the ownership group have said they want out. And so I think all of this has turned into now the issue 
as to why I was able to get on your show tonight because it is it is a point of national interest. Doc, um, you know, nine out of ten coaches in the NFL would not speak out on this issue. They would pass the buck. They would say, talk to Dan Snyder or talk to someone else. But Ron Rivera is a different type of cat. Uh, I remember covering him. Once he retired, he got into broadcasting. I was producing some of his shows in the 90s. And I said, he's got to allow the ball for him to come right out off the field and be able to be a broadcaster. I think this is during the 94 strike, which is you know very difficult. But he's a guy that was in the room for negotiations and listening to him talk. He was, he was very, very good. And to see him now in this position, how surprising is it? First, first year on the job, but yet really the face and the spokesman of, of this uh, movement that's happening with the Redskins uh, name change. Did you miss the fact that I said he was a Pac-12 athlete? Yes, I heard Yes, I heard that. Yes. Okay, okay. So that's the definition of student athlete. Okay. And um, Ron is also, this is not his first rodeo. You know, he went through a labor dispute in Carolina. He went to a team, as he tells the story, Ron couldn't find any Panther gear when he came in to get the job because there was none so he took a program in basketball heaven north carolina mm-hmm. and uh 15 and one i mean look at his overall body of work highly respectable physical teams smart teams play hard um and he's got that bare grit about him and it's just he's a football guy and he he gets it and I'm proud of him as a minority to what he's been able to accomplish. And like you mentioned, going into broadcast, being an assistant, you know, wearing all these hats and climbing up to the point where he is now. And all he's got to do now is, you know, win at another location and really rebuild a culture that has fallen in the Atlantic. And if he is able to resurrect this program, then he's not putting himself in a high in high cotton. Doc, when you think about Dan Snyder, you know, again nationally, when we hear the name, um, there's a lot of sour faces, and there's a lot of people who are not behind Dan Snyder as the owner of this Redskins team. What is the perception now, knowing that there's going to be a name change for Snyder? Well, Dan is who he is. I mean, he doesn't say a lot. If, and he's not asked for my opinion, but if he did, he's engaging. The one-on-ones that I've had with him, he's fant- I mean, fantastic guy, a real dude who you can talk to, but he doesn't do it often. And as a result, if you don't say much, then people make their own assessments. He's had his results speak for themselves. He had one. And when you don't win and make money, it's general nature for people to resent resent you and what you stand for. And so there's a learning curve. And there's also, you get to pick the people around you. It just has not worked out. Sure. The way anybody would want it to be. And maybe this is a change, you know, with Ron and Turner and Del Rio, uh, the guys that he's brought in now, because again, you know, we took Steve Spurrier. That's an experiment. Okay. Um, even with a guy who I think is a phenomenal coach in Mike Shanahan, and it did not work. Uh, Joe Gibbs came back here, and again, you know, he got blood out of a rock and got him back into a playoff position because he's <laughs> he's he's a masterpiece at what he does. And, and so 
but it was it was underneath his standards because our goal was never to get to the playoffs. The goal was to win the Super Bowl. And so the program is on, you know, I look at it like it's 0-29 because if you don't get in the big game, then you it's over. But because the league is so wealthy, they reward mediocrity. And so there's a lot of people with attitudes and strutting around like they've done something and really they've done nothing in terms of the sport, but they're, they can get filthy rich at it. So, you know, I would love to be one of those 32 members of that elite group and I hope that that elite group includes um, an African-American mm-hmm. sooner than much later. Because for them to back up all this talk, they need to prove it. Uh, we just went through the, an offseason where the best, the hottest assistant coach in na- the National Football League was in Kansas City. He didn't get a phone call. He didn't get a phone call. Mm-hmm. So we know what's going on. We all see it. Lots of people get opportunities to fail, uh, but the jobs we get, the programs you live already failed. So, I man, that's the way it is. And we understand it because we've seen this over and over and over again. And I call it, you know, jobs for a black man. UCLA just hired the first African-American athletic director. Yeah, football program dropped, the basketball program is down. Well, it's time for a black man. So you always got to come in and beat the odds and reconstruct things and build things. And that's just the way this is. So that's why I'm not so hung up on sports. I want the systemic racism to end. I want equal opportunities in the boardroom, in the bank room. You know, I want to be able to get a loan with a lower interest rate, you know, like my Caucasian brothers and sisters. I want to be on the exact same footing of people that want to work hard. And, uh, and you and I both know that, especially in the industry that we're in, that that ain't happening. That's not yeah. the way it is. As I told as I told Clinton Yates on Friday, I told him, I said, it's so so ridiculous the NFL want to be able to start playing Negro spirituals before games. I said, but we actually, you're giving us what we didn't ask for. We asked for equality, and you give us Negro spirituals before a game. No one asked for that. We asked, we asked for other things, but it's so typical of what we see today. Well, it's because they think you're stupid. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's the same. You know, I'm like going, it's the same thing with Kaepernick. He kneeled for racial injustice and po- police brutality. And they got it, they spun it into patriotism. It had nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, you got to use your brain. And there's some master, master salesmen that control our media. And they changed the narrative. And people fell for it. And it took three or four years. This young man's still not in the league. I don't know if he wants to be, but he's still not in. And he's he's top 20 if the moment he steps back in. Because the league is that dysfunctional at that position. He's already won more than most people out there playing right now. So we know it's a joke. Um, but let's not get tricked against. And they said, we're going to do this Negro spiritual for one game for one week i don't care what it is that's making are you sense. kidding me i'm like going hey man no no don't do that just oh. make sure that the the top people in their respective areas whether it's front office or trainers physicians we want it all offensive coordinator and head coaches just not asking for a favor just asking for an equal opportunity 
Right. The nepotism that's in the league is just unbelievable. And I don't blame them. If I was in, I'd try to get all my kids in, too, on health plans and pensions and the whole nine yards. It's no mm-hmm. different than the movie industry. Most big industries in this country do the same thing. Doc, lastly, and I appreciate your time. I want to get your thoughts about Dwayne Haskins. There's a To me, in this league now in 2020, there's a lot of, of really up-and-coming quarterbacks or established veterans that have got the job done. But I don't hear enough about Haskins as far as the young group of quarterbacks that are 25 and younger. What can, what can you tell us about Haskins, and is the arrow pointing up for him for Washington? Well, you know, watch this young man in high school, and you saw him in college, and you'll see – in the pros, who is on him. He's got all the prerequisite skills. Um, he fell for the okey-doke as a rookie because he came into a program with a head coach. It, it wasn't what he wanted. And um, and I respect the fact that you hire me as a head coach, then let me run my team. Mm-hmm. And so to put somebody on him, and again, the young man, he didn't handle it the right way because if they didn't, they didn't show him love, and he went in the shell. Because that generation has been granted a lot of privileges that ours wasn't. We would have known right in. We wouldn't have, A, number one, we wouldn't have expected to be embraced. So we'd have just gone in and had to outwork everybody, outstudy, be the first one. Now, I told him to go to see, dude, you need to be there when it's dark, and when you leave, it should be dark. If there's any daylight on your entrance and exit, then you don't hear me. You're not listening to me. And he didn't. And he came back and told me that, you know what, I, I, I didn't listen. You're right. Now he gets it. He's locked and loaded. Look at it. If you see some of the, the IG photos and things out there, he's ripped up, cut up, and he's out there doing his thing. So barring injury, then I expect him to be what he's been his whole life, and that is dominant in position. Doc, I'm glad you spent some time and gave us your perspective. I want to call you in this Redskin story came out and said, let me call Doc to find out what the real story is, because I read a lot of stuff, but hearing it from you makes a, a big difference. So I'm glad you came on the show. Hoodie, the whole truth is nothing but the truth, so help me God, because <laughs> we need to understand, and, and these young people need to, nobody's giving you, we're not asking for anything for free, but we're also asking to be treated equally in the process. I don't think that's too much. I don't think that's too much, especially when you put us in this 100-yard dash and you have a 15-yard head start, and then you pat yourself on the back if you win. Yeah, I said if you win, because we got some cats that might come snatch you. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's true. I know if you also. No, we're built like that. We're built like that. See, so right. <laughs> that's the problem. You know, hey, man, it just makes you tougher. The more you go through, the more denials, you know, we all in every industry work around people that were far more talented than that, but they make more than you and have a higher position. That gets old. Doc, I'm glad you spent some time with me, man. Thanks so much for coming on the show, and I'll say hello to Dan for you. Give, well, I was going to say give, you, give him a hug, but that might be hard. Just <laughs> dap it for me. <laughs> Just leave him alone. Leave him alone. <laughs> Later, brother. Number love for you. <laughs> Stay Summer safe. Football. Math, I'll... gloves. Yes. And, and if you see, uh, if you see Dave, 
walking around in the Windy City, you know, give him a bump, too, because he's a brother. Okay. All right. Good deal. All right, yeah, Doc Walker from the Team 980 in D.C. with me, John the Hood, a summer of football with us here on ESPN 1000. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Hi, everybody. On ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Go! Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Follow us on the gram at IGJHood and at ESPN underscore Chicago. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Don't forget the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company starts at 6 o'clock every day here on ESPN 1000. Don't forget to join me tomorrow at 6 p.m. for the baseball show, followed by Under the Hood, starting at 7 right here on Chicago's Home for Sports ESPN 1000. So disappointed of because we just continue to see more ignorance every day. And going in the ignorant file is Deshaun Jackson from the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Eagles wide receiver Deshaun Jackson said he had no hatred toward the Jewish community and issued two separate statements of apology and a promise to do better after you posted on a social media site Monday on Instagram an anti-Semitic message that he attributed to Adolf Hitler in admiration for Louis Farrakhan, the Nation of Islam leader. So the Eagles today responded by calling Jackson's post offensive, harmful, and absolutely appalling. Um, in this particular post, the controversy spun out of Jackson's Instagram story on which he featured a quote that he attributed to Hitler that said that white Jews will blackmail America. They will extort America. Their plan for world domination won't work if the Negroes know who they were. Um, he also shared two posts on Instagram on Saturday and on Monday, expressing admiration for Farrakhan, whom the Anti-Defamation League and Southern Poverty Law Center have identified as anti-Semitic. Um, those posts have now been deleted. Um, the Eagles talked to Deshaun Jackson about this, saying that we've spoken to Deshaun about his social media posts, regardless of his intentions, the messages that he shared were offensive, harmful, and appalling. They have no place in our society and are not condoned or supported in any way by the organization. You you have to realize, if you're Deshaun Jackson or anyone else, that when you are in the public eye, when you are in the spotlight, you don't do things like this, right? If you feel that what Hitler wrote or something that was said by Minister Farrakhan is something that you want to put on your social media, realize that there's going to be backlash, because it's social, because it's political, because it's along racial lines, people are going to notice. Did, did Deshaun Jackson think that no one was going to notice his post that was anti-Semitic against Jewish people, the people of Jewish faith? He says he's sorry that he put that passage out there that it was attributed to Hitler, says he's sorry for any of the hurt that he might have caused. And so, you know, now Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, Doug Peterson, the organization all look at him and say, like, so what's really on your mind? It it goes with everything else. It comes along with race and social issues and politics. You stay away from it when you're in the public eye. If others want to speak on that, that's fine. But you got to realize who you are and realize that you're setting yourself up for failure or for unwanted attention when you do something like this. Now, unless he is anti-Jewish and anti-Semitic, then now that's a whole different issue. 
So I just, just want more stupidity piled on top of more stupidity. There's no reason for that. None. What if it was something that was anti-black that was sent to him that was, was talking to, that was utilizing the N word. How would the story go then? Oh, well, we got to cancel it. Well, you got to cancel out anybody that wants to step out on social media and, and talk about people in a negative light when it comes to social issues, when it comes to um, uh, personal issues and personal attacks. That's what I would couch it as. I say there's personal attacks against people based on their race, based on their culture, based on their, um, their religious beliefs. It's nonsense. It really is. We got Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday coming up as we talk to Dave LaGreca from Busted Open. We'll get his thoughts about some of the storylines around professional wrestling with TWT next right here on UTH. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Wrestling fans, are you is Tuesday. You people bought a ticket to see me, so shut up. Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. First of all, Dusty Rhodes, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class redneck goose. That's what I think you are. Yeah, I put it. I know I put it. But I'm most of all, the baddest man around in the world today. Follow the show at Wrestling TWT on Twitter and Instagram. But remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way. And all you have to do is let me in. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. The bottom line is, and all my magnificent, you're going to be mine all night long. Here's Jonathan Hood. It is Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. Jonathan Hood right here on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000. Every Tuesday we give you something special with pro wrestling slash sports entertainment. And I go to my friend, my friend Dave LaCrecker from Busted Open. If he, was, if he lived in Chicago, we grew up in Chicago, we would have wanted to see the, the Bruiser and the Crusher at the International Amphitheater. We would have seen the AWA, seeing uh, Vern. We would have seen the NWA at the UIC Pavilion. If I lived in New Jersey... If I, if I grew up with Dave in New Jersey, it would have been me at the Brennan Burns Arena to check out the WWF, to check out the NWA. Uh, so, But you know what? We're, we're brothers from another mother because we love wrestling so much. You can catch Dave on SiriusXM Fight Nation Monday through Friday, and he joins me here on ESPN 1000 on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Dave, as always, I appreciate your time. How are you, man? I was just thinking, you and I have never met. We've talked so many times on the phone you know, you've been on Busted Open. I've been on your show. We've we've spoken on the phone for years now. You and I have never met face to face in all these years. You're not missing much. <laughs> Neither <laughs> you. Uh, uh, and right now, anyway, we couldn't anyway. We if we did, we'd have to be six feet away from each other. <laughs> That's exactly right. The more, you know what? We will at some point. There's going to be some convention when all this gets cleared up, and I'll be right there with you as your bodyguard. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Or maybe I'll be yours. Who knows? <laughs> I, I am calling. This is not an interview, Dave. This is a wellness check. Uh, before we even start, I just want to I want to reach out to you just to find out if you're okay. Because during this pandemic, you got the Eric Bischoff hair going. You finally got the haircut just recently. You've got heat with Cody Rhodes. You're throwing a, a birthday cake into the into the garbage can. I mean, there's a lot of rage that's going on with you. And usually, you know, when you and I talk. There's no rage. It's, it's a lot of laughter. It's a lot of con- great conversation. But I'm just wondering from you, are you okay? Because if not, I need to come out there and help you. 
Yeah, you might have to. It's it's day it's day by day. You can only take it day by day. Some days are better than others, and some days are worse than others. And there has been a lot of rage. I did have the Eric Bischoff hair, though it wasn't as neat as Eric Bischoff. Um, but you know what? I'm I'm getting through. That's what we're we're all in this fight together. That's the one thing that we all have in common is that we're we're in this together. So at least I have that. And you know that I'm not the only one miserable. Everyone in the world is miserable, so we're trying to make the best out of a bad situation. But I did get my hair cut, so I'm very, very happy (laughs) by Mo, who gave me my first haircut in 1973. So I'm very, very happy about that. (laughs) I'm glad Mo was able to do that. And now you're doing cameo. Now you're you're helping people. You're doing LaGreca rants, aren't you? Yeah, because I'm doing – thank you for the plug. I am on cameo. And you can get, and it's very, very cheap. It's it's only twenty five dollars because I had to pay for the haircut. Right. You know what I mean? You know, I got to pay for the haircut, yes. so that's why I went on Cameo. So I'm, I'm, but yeah, sure. If anybody wants me to rant on them or rant on their husband or wife or whoever, they can they can find me on Cameo. Dave LaGreca with us on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Dave from Busted Open, Monday through Friday. Check out Sirius XM Fight Nation and hear my friend Dave as he does a great job covering professional wrestling. All right, so let's go back in time. Boy, you know, it's something about the month of July that that brings a lot of memories for uh, us as wrestling fans. You know, the traditional wrestling people will tell you, you know, in the summer, especially in September, you know, it's down. June is down. Well, but in July, July 7th, it's something about it. Let me start with Sting winning the world championship at the Great American Bash in 1990 over Ric Flair. So as you and I remember, Flair was supposed to be able to give that championship to Sting in 89 uh, or mm-hmm. early 90. Uh, of course, Sting injures himself at the Clash of Champions in Corpus Christi. So he was, was not able to win the championship at that time, Dave. But boy, to s- go back and watch Sting win, win his first heavyweight championship against Ric Flair in Baltimore. How, how much fun was that? What are your memories of that t- during that time in 90? Well, you know what? That was kind of like a transitional year for wrestling fans. And you're so right. Sting was supposed to take the company into the future. And I guess in a lot of ways he did, but probably not the way that the company thought back in 1990. And being a big Ric Flair fan, I was really that you know he had lost the title so um you know it's not a great memory for me but you know what like i really did feel like sting was the next guy and you heard a lot of stories that you know the company wanted to go in another direction but rick flair had a lot of confidence and love for sting and that was the guy that he always wanted to you know pass the torch to was sting so you, you know what it is dave as you and I are both NWA fans, you know what it was. It's just that the NWA was used to having a heel on top, and it was it was flair for all those years. And for it to be Sting, where management thought, well, we can compete with Vince if we have a baby face that fans want to come to, sell merchandise, paint their faces. It just that just wasn't NWA. Like you, you, we were used to the chase and not having the baby face actually win the championship and carry it. Um, I'm, now we, we look back at it where we were happy for Sting, but you wanted, you wanted a heel at the top to be chased, did you not? Yeah, and, you know, like, as you're, as you're talking about it, and it's really, it's really not a match that I've gone back and watched. I, I, I'll have to go back and watch it, you know, tonight because of, like you're saying, this is such a – I'm actually putting it on right now as we're talking. <laughs> uh, but it's funny, like, it's, you, you look at the crowd reaction – 
Jonathan, when 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 Sting beat Flair, like how crazy that crowd was. Because I know a lot of the fans that I knew from my area were a little jaded, and they liked, like you said, that heel champion and and that chase. And the chase is always better than the catch. And once you get to that, once you get to the top of the mountain, is like. Is that the right time? Was that the right time to strike? Did they wait too long? Was it too soon? There's always a lot of questions. But, man, you go back to that moment. It was a huge reaction when Sting won that championship. It was just It's great. It's great to see Sting. Now that we look back at it, I mean, I was a Flair fan just like you were. But just you just knew if Flair was going to get rolled up or some backslide that that yep. was going to be the end. It was always something, something just a simple wrestling move when he gave the championship. I'm like, come on. If you're going to beat Flair, beat him down like Garvin did in 87. Just beat him completely down. It just, but that's is always something like a roll-up, and Flair fell for it. So there, there you go. Sting wins the title. Um, yeah, it, it was it was tough for me to take at the time. That's for sure. <laughs> well, of course, uh, Hogan turning heel at the Bash of the Beach in '96 again on this date on July 7th, where the third man with Nash and Hall be in the NWO's form with Hogan. So we talk about also a really, th- I, I thought. I thought kind of a thin time in wrestling where mm-hmm. it's 96 and it's it's the whole WCW was about Dungeon of Doom and all of the people Kevin Sullivan had. And it was so cartoonish, but it, but it was a bump and feed situation, right? Hogan needed big guys to, to beat. And uh, once again, it's NWO, uh, NWA slash WCW. So once again, a big baby face didn't work in that in that territory. And so here's Hogan turning heel. And I, I think as we go back into reaction of, of people there that watched that live, People were all for it. They were, first of all, shocked, but then they know Hogan was with Nash and Hall. You could just tell that the fans were going to change with Hogan. Yeah, and it's funny because you're talking about, like, the Dungeon of Doom and how corny. And I think that's the best word to to describe WCW going into that was they were corny. And and Hogan was on his last legs, and it wasn't the Hogan from 10 years earlier. And how that completely shifted once Bash at the Beach happened. Like, once that, you know, he was the third member and, like, everything with the NWO, like, that really changed the momentum. You know, people talk about Stone Cold at at King of the Ring, but, boy, you look at that moment with Hogan and, and, you know, everybody throwing the debris into it. It's a real special moment. Like, it's, it's one of the greatest moments in the history of pro wrestling, you know, probably the greatest heel turn in pro wrestling. And everybody goes back and they talked about how Bobby Heenan gave it away as Hogan was approaching mm-hmm. the ring. Cause Bobby Heenan said, is it, Hogan? you know, what side is he on? Like everybody said, he gave it away. No, he did it because when I heard it, I did not think like it went really, <laughs> it went right over my head. I never thought that that Hogan was going to be that guy, but man, what a great moment that was. And it, completely shifted WCW in the right direction. And then, of course, even today, as you well know, Dave, there are many people still wearing those NWO shirts. I can go to a UFC fight uh, in Chicago at the United Center and still see NWO shirts, and I go, oh, that's where the wrestling fans went. They went to the UFC, and they're still wearing their wrestling gear. That's that's surprising. It's true. Like, that NWO thing still resonates today. So it just shows you, even though it got watered down over the years because there was too many members, people still remember Hogan, Nash, Hall, those three started it all. So even today, it resonates mm-hmm. with a lot of people. 
There's, there's no doubt about it. If you go, you know, uh, you know, obviously, as you, your listeners know, I live in New Jersey. If you go to a Giants game at Giants Stadium, you're going to see, still see 56 jerseys because there's still that love for Lawrence Taylor because, you know, people say he's the greatest Giant of all time. It doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't matter when it is. If you go to a pro wrestling show, you're going to see an NWO shirt. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Waddle and Sylvie. Like, that's part of being a sports fan. You're going to cheer. You're going to boo. That's the way the song goes, right? What song? The, the, it's a beautiful day for a ball game. For a ball game. Are you high? Today. Did, did, did you dose when we were at the we're last gonna break? We're going to cheer and boo and raise What's a hubba balloon at the ball game. Who sings that? What is that? Let's go. Did you miss something? Did Doris Day record that? Check out the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Waddle and Chicago's home for sports. We've all heard the rumors about Fight Island. Uh, it's finally here for UFC 251. It's supposed to be a big contest. And I want you to be involved with DraftKings, right? So DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. This week only, DraftKings is offering all new users a special odds boost on this weekend's headline fight. You bet $20 and you win 100 on either fighter this week. So you got golf this week. You've got European soccer all the way to Abu Dhabi with Fight Island. And DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered. So for the big fight this weekend, DraftKings is offering all users, not one, but two profit boosts when you place a bet on UFC 251. Just place a pre-match bet on a fighter, and if they win, your payout increases. DraftKings Sportsbook is United States-based, making it safe, secure, and reliable. Plus, it's easy to deposit and withdraw your funds wherever you want. Top it all off, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering their best sign-up offer to date right now. You do not want to miss this. So, again, if you have your phone out, I want you to download the app, DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code WMVP, okay? WMVP when you sign up for a limited time. New users can get a no-brainer odds boost on the headline fight this Saturday. You bet 20 and you win 100. Yep, that's right. No matter if you pick Usman or Masvidal, your odds will be boosted to $20 to win 100. So head to DraftKings Sportsbook now. Sign up with the code WMVP. You must be 21 or older, Indiana only. Um, Bonus compromised of a first deposit bonus. And a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. You're listening to Under the Hood. Get the ESPN Chicago app for podcasts. And the live stream from anywhere. 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 Download in the app store today. This is ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Dave LaGreca with us on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Dave from Busted Open. Monday through Friday, check out SiriusXM Fight Nation and hear my friend Dave as he does a great job covering professional wrestling. All right, you know how this ends, right? You know what we do, every conversation. I've, yep. I've, got, I've got the Old list school. here. I got Hall the fame? list. The Hall of Fame. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. So now I can yell at you. All right, here we go. <clears throat> WWE Hall of Fame hopefuls. Dick Slater. 
Yes. Mm, Mr. Unpredictable. I got Dick Slater. Dirty Dick Slater. Yes, oh. man. Go back. I've been watching a lot of Dick Slater, some some old school Mid-Atlantic. He's all over all the territories. Dirty Dick Slater should be in the Hall of Fame. Want to be Terry Funk. All right. Um, wow. <laughs> wow. No, he was great, but I'm just saying. Like, well, if, you, if, you, if you want to be anybody, you might as well be Terry Funk. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> the former Mississippi heavyweight champion, Dick Slater. And he had Dark Journey. Give him, give him credit there. He brought, you're right, he brought Dark Journey. One of my favorite moments in New Orleans at WrestleMania 30 was meeting Dark Journey for the first time. Uh, bucket list, hello. Oh, I got to meet her. Um, Dick Slater, okay. Uh, Kamala. Yes, Kamala should be in, in the Hall of Fame. How is Kamala not in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. I really don't know. There can't be heat. He did so much around. He was one of the great territorial wrestlers. He did a lot for Vince. I don't know why he wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. And, and you know, he's had a lot of issues, like a lot of health issues. Like, you know, that's somebody, that, you know, again, you don't want this to happen. Don't give flowers. Give flowers while they're alive. So I really do hope Kamala goes into the Hall of Fame. Missy Hyatt. Oof. Which Hall of Fame is this that Missy Hyatt is? <laughs> <laughs> Come I mean, on. There's a certain Hall of Fame where she's got Hall of Fame stats. <laughs> Let bygones be bygones. Come on. Missy Hyatt. Uh, oof. Too personal? Too touchy? Uh, wow, it's a good one. This Jonathan, this is a good one. Oof. You know what? I'm going to say yes to Missy Hyatt. Yes. Missy Hyatt. Missy Hyatt in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Uh, because, listen, the Ultimate Warrior made the Hall of Fame. All right. They, uh, so, whatever issues that are going on in the past with Missy Hyatt and Vince and the company, let's just move it along here. Let Missy Hyatt, one of the great women in the business, uh, Hall of Fame. Okay. Um, All right. I'm with you. Midnight Express. Oh, really, Jonathan? Did you really have to ask that question? Dennis Condry? I mean, he's... <laughs> so, oh, so, okay. oh, oh, are you saying what? All the, both, you know, any, Bobby Eaton by himself should be in the Hall of Fame. I agree. But yes, the Midnight Express should be in the Hall of Fame. All three, right? All three, yes. Because okay, there is a difference. Like, like, like I, you know, people ask me, because that was my favorite tag team of all time, and and they've asked me what did I like best? And it's like you know it's tough. Like I love Condry, and I, but I like Stan toward the back end of the of the reign. I probably I like Bobby great. and Stan better. Maybe maybe. It's just uh, when I think of Stan Lane, I think uh, I think of the fabulous ones. Right. So you know, but but again, like you know, you talk about two tag teams that are Hall of Fame worthy. I mean, Stan Lane should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Playboy Buddy Rose. Oof, that's ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I'm gonna pass. Pass. All right. I'm passing. Come back. Um, no, I, 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 I'm gonna say no. No. Okay. All right. Uh, no. So no Portland legend, uh, Buddy Rose. He can't be in there. All right. Um, <laughs> I, I've been, you, you have this Portland, Oregon. All right. So that's fine. Uh, Ivan Koloff. Yes, of course. Yes, Ivan Koloff should be in the Hall of Fame. Be, be, be Bruno. I don't understand why he couldn't have been there while he's alive, but okay. Uh, and lastly, the Fullers, Ron and Rob Fuller. Uh, I guess, uh, yes. 
And, and it, it's more of contributors than actually what they did in the ring. I think what they've done for the business and how they've helped the business, I'll, I'll give them the nod. They're like the Gil Brandt of pro wrestling. Well, yeah. Well, if if not the if not um, the colonel, then give it to Tennessee stud Ron Fuller because that guy was running, you know, Florida. He had his own uh, he had his own uh, territory and had run his own TV in yeah, uh, like, southeastern. Exactly. So I think I think that'll like yes, Hall of Fame, yes. For so because that's a that's a great family. Does Jimmy Golden get in? Because he's also a part of the. <laughs> No. So you, put, so you put a Jim Golden in. That's crazy, Jonathan. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's all part of the family. Wait a minute. All right, so let me ask you this, because you said Portland legend. So yeah. who would you put in the Hall of Fame first, Playboy Buddy Rose or Billy Jack Haynes? Uh, Buddy Rose. Oh, Buddy Rose. Had the most heat with Piper. They had some some bloody you know blood baths, and also Billy Jack Haynes turned his back on Portland wrestling and tried to start his own promotion that failed you know miserably, and and now he's a weirdo. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so, so so the big black hat of Billy Jack Haynes doesn't get in. So the weirdo, no. Okay. So I, I vote right. no. Thumbs down okay. on Billy Jack Haynes. Okay. All right. All right. I I I'm I'm with you. Okay. And he was part of uh, one of the, my favorite tag team matches of all time, Rose and Summers against the Rockers, 60 minutes or whatever it was, a bloodbath at the showboat for the AWA. That's right. Great, Matt. You oh know what? Um, can, I, can, I, can I change my vote? Can I say yes to Playboy Buddy <laughs> no, Rose? It's already locked in. Because I, I, I forgot the AWA run. The AWA run probably made its career. See, no, that's already we've already locked the the ballot down. You say no to Playboy because what you're thinking about is the 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 diet. That's what you think about WWF uh, Buddy yeah. Rose toward the end with the with the blowaway diet. That's not fair. I I agree with you. I'm, I want to change my vote, but you won't let me. <laughs> no, it's all right. Locked in, sir. You say no. All right, so no Portland legend Buddy Rose. All right, <laughs> I'll I'll make sure I text Jim Valley and let him know. That, oh, you, that, that you didn't want Buddy Rose in the Hall of Fame. And you'll call it, oh, wait a minute, he doesn't like Buddy in the Hall of Fame. And so Jim Valley will be mad at you. So there you go. This is what you don't get. See, see, Dave, when we're together, it brings a smile to your face. You've got no drama. There's no lack of funza. It's just you and I talking pure wrestling. I love it. It's an escape. I forget, <laughs> I forget about the world. There's no virus. Like you said, there's no lack of funds. Uh, there's just wrestling the way it should be. See, all you all you think about when we're together is you know the garden, the Smokeville Arena, the Brennan Burns Arena. That's all. That's all it is. You're you're a good friend. Yes, checking I, up on me like this. See, I appreciate it, Jonathan. You're a Chicago wrestling friend. There's no one beating you. There's no bully beating you up. There's there's oh. no callers. There's no Cody. You know, messing uh, with you. It's just me. Ugh. It's your wrestling friend from Chicago reaching out, making sure you're okay. You're such a, a much better person than Bully or Cody. <laughs> it's not even. It's not even a debate. It's not even close. <laughs> well, Dave, don't forget everybody. Dave Lokreka, uh, who's in a much better mood now. Uh, uh, busted open Series XM uh, Fight Nation Monday through Friday, eight to eleven. Uh, I'm glad that you spent some time, my friend. No, I, I love it. I, I, you should have me on every day.
<laughs> not every day. <laughs> then I got to charge you. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll pay you. I'll pay you to come on. See? Yeah, it takes your Buddy Rose gets your mind off your troubles. You see there that? There you go. See? Portland legend. See? But Valley's yeah. mad. See, I tell you, it's, it's all right. All these, it, those are the things that get your mind right when you think about the great old days of wrestling. There you go. Well, I'm going to watch, I'm gonna watch the Flair uh, Sting from 90, and I'm going to go watch Bash at the Beach. There you go. So I have some homework to do before Impact Wrestling. Thank you. Dave, as always, I appreciate your time here on TWT. Let's do it again soon. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Appreciate it. Thank you. Dave LeGrecker with us on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at WrestlingTWT. Talk to you tomorrow. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Chicago's home for sports is in your home through your smart speaker. Just ask Alexa or Google to play ESPN Chicago.